When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Please welcome Rich Eisen. What a story. Can't believe it. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. This was done out of the goodness of the Giants' heart. Saquon Barkley had resigned himself to the fact that he just needed to show up. Now, Josh Jacobs, not inclined to show up anytime soon. Earlier on the show, NFL Network reporter Mike Garofolo, former NFL executive Joe Banner. Coming up, Grammy Award-winning artist Tim McGraw. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Yes, hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Great conversations in hour number one uh, about the opening training camps across the National Football League. Mike Garofalo from the Giants training camp where Saquon Barkley did not speak today. Uh, Joe Banner, the longtime executive on his thoughts on what the running back market should do. He had some fascinating comments about Saquon Barkley saying Saquon coming in now has guaranteed him being franchise tag next year. Mm-hmm. That's what he said, that if he's able to come, if he's coming in now and doing and not holding out at all and not making the Giants sweat, then the Giants are absolutely going to franchise tag him. He said he thought Barkley should have just stayed out till the Tuesday before week one and basically said, I'm not playing week one. But I'll be there the rest of the year. Well, you know how made I made a giant about that. sweat. You would have loved that. Oh man, it would have made that prediction <laughs> even that much you. easier. I'm with you. You know, James Robinson or Saquon. Oh yeah. On. No offense. Tim McGraw is about to show up yeah. here on the program. That's going to yeah, be dynamite. Man. He's got a new album coming out on August the 25th called Standing Room Only. He was just on uh, Monday night. He showed up at the Whiskey Nightclub on the Sunset Strip with Richard Marks out of the blue. How about Oof. that? So we'll talk to, to Tim McGraw, who's in town for his new album, and, um, and you know, a little Tennessee Titans football. Rich, do you believe that I've actually, because you think I don't go anywhere, I've attended a Tim McGraw concert. Have before. you really? Yeah, yeah. And, and Kenny Chesney, Brothers of the Sun, 2012. Oh, so oh, great. So you yeah. went out 11 years ago. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Why I ought to... <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? 11 years ago, you went out. It was literally 11 years ago last week. Oh, wonderful. That's the thing. Oh, the anniversary. The Happy anniversary, anniversary of you going out. If you've missed any of the first two hours, don't worry. We re-air right here on the Roku channel. There's also our podcast where all podcasts can be acquired uh, through the Cumulus Podcast Network, all three hours every single day. Hit us with a follow button, add yourself to our RSS feed, and of course, there's our YouTube page. There's so many different ways to follow us, and we're so appreciative of everybody doing that. Um, again, Tim McGraw is about to show up here. Okay. I have been on this story. I talked about it a lot back in June. Much to the dismay of Buffalo Bills lovers, as if I, you know, I don't have any, you know, leg to stand on with them. <laughs> you know, I got crushed like a like a, a a folding table. Like I've been talking about how much I love Josh Allen, and he's coming for your soul. And I I I chose them to win the Super Bowl last year, going in, and of course we found out in the middle of the season how this team filled with heart and soul. And everything that happened with them in DeMar Hamlin's heart, um, they just I, I think they just gave way. And and Allen also did not have enough red zone options at his disposal and did a, try to do the the dreaded too much. Mm-hmm. And I think they've fixed these problems. I think adding Damian Harris to the mix 
there. I know they lost Naeem Hines, but I think that they have Dalton Kincaid coming in, their first-round draft choice out of Utah. This tight end is going to be an absolute game wrecker on defenses inside the 20-yard line. Von Miller's coming back. He says he's hoping to play week one. By the way, I feel the same way about Von as you do about Saquon in week one. <laughs> Let him sit out. Take, hey, your, time. take, take your time. Bro. Yeah, man, don't rush back. It's a long season. But Vaughn is looking engaged and looks as great as ever. Latavius Murray is on this depth chart at running back as well. I think they have checked a lot of boxes. But the thing that caused me some alarm was the fact that Stephon Diggs showed up at the mandatory minicamp and then didn't stay the day. Went home, either went home or got sent home. And the head coach, Sean McDermott, when asked at one point in the press conference of the first day of this training camp, are you concerned? He said, very concerned. Normally, coach is like, oh, no, we're working out. We're in the house. We got this, that. The other thing. No, he, he flat out said they're, okay, so if the coach is saying there's cause for concern, then I am concerned. Because whatever happened with Diggs and Allen on the sidelines of their playoff loss in the Western New York snow against the Bengals, if that's still lingering in any way, shape, or form in June, that hasn't been put to rest bed, however, to the satisfaction of Diggs, then why? And how will that affect matters when games actually get played? That's what I said. I talked about it with everybody that was on the show information men and women and also analysts Robert Griffin III said it was a something personal between Diggs and Allen which set off on definitely an alarm bell in here and I saw Allen show up on the Bussin podcast and say you know that this is overblown media is talking about it too much and I can only think he was talking to me because anything involving that bus involves me I mean obviously I think we're on day 407 right now and they ain't missing. So, Allen's like, this is not an issue. And I, at the time, was saying, I, I got you. I need to hear from Diggs. And, of course, I'd like to hear from Allen again when training camp starts. And that day arrived today. So, we've got sound bites galore. Are you ready, Mike? I don't yeah, know what I'm, you're doing. You're stop, stop your banking or whatever you're doing on your <laughs> app. Okay. Done. Here we go. Was close. So he was banking is what he was. Josh was. Allen Moving money. <laughs> was asked about his communication with Diggs. And here's what he had to say. Have you and Steph since then talked things through or did you feel a need to talk things through since, since then? I wouldn't say we've talked things through, but we've talked. You know, it's, it's not about that anymore. It's about moving you know, towards the season and setting our goals of what we want to do. We want to bring a, a Lombardi trophy here um, come February. So just making sure, again, that everybody in the team is on the same page, uh, striving to have that, that singular goal, and um, that's, that's all it is. So the page is turned. Now they're just focusing on the season. And I don't blame Allen for saying something like that, but I just – I, I just love the I love everything about this kid. I really do. And he seems to have a great relationship with Diggs or did. And now he's saying they talk, which is great because it didn't seem like they were talking to one another, but at one another last time we saw yeah. them on a football field together. But Diggs hasn't spoken. That happened today. He was Diggs on his relationship with Josh Allen. Steph, are you but Josh? Yeah, yeah, that's my guy. Like, that's why I say when it's family matters, like me and him have a conversation. Like, I don't know if you got kids or you have like siblings. Like, y'all don't always get along, and me and him never did not get along. Like, you know what I'm saying that's still been that's still been my guy. That's always going to be my guy. So, uh, yeah, we're fine. Bro. Stephon, why did it seem to take until mini camp mm-hmm. for those conversations to be had and all this get hashed? You know, such that that's so long off season that he was talking about <laughs> earlier. So, I mean, I feel like it's a lot of time, and 
I mean, what do people do with out of time? Out of time gives you a lot of time to think about things and, you know, regarding at the end of the game or how things happen with the game, you can kind of like start mustering up like uh, however you feel about it from your point of view or from your standpoint. And that's what it's made for. The offseason is made for people to talk. And it's not a lot of football going on. So let's talk about things that's going on outside of football or how the season ended or this. So for me, I just feel like, uh, you know, it's such a long offseason. So it took a little while. <laughs> I love his smile too, man. He's a million watts. Yeah. Um, look, uh, he's not wrong. We we definitely in the media um, talk about things when there's no football being played that we ordinarily might not focus in on laser. But this one is different or was different. I'll give them the benefit of the usage of past tense here mm-hmm. was different because this is this these relationships need to be rock solid when things don't go your way as they invariably do in the crucible of an NFL game like say week one Monday night whole country watching Aaron Rodgers making his Jets debut and you're having to either go point for point or maintain a lead so what was the frust- like what was the frustration because clearly they lasted long enough where the long off season it did take till June to hash it out mm-hmm. you know, here well um, we're, we're, we're not we done this is this oh. sound bites of Palooza let's go what were Stefan Diggs frustrations 14 work to yeah. describe it I mean do your did your frustrations whatever you talked about involve your role in the offense specifically? And the number of targets? No, it's not necessarily because I've been north of 100 targets through since my since my years getting here. If you look at the numbers, I've been north of 100. I think every year since I've got here. So it's not about targets. It wasn't a, when I say teamwork. I guess when he attributed it to teamwork, I guess it would be like as we're out there trying to make things shake, uh, getting on the same page consistently. You know, in those pivotal moments, in those moments where we're trying to, you know, make things happen. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, uh, last year we had like a real feast or famine kind of like time when we spend in the red zone like uh where we weren't clicking all and it's like we would have an amazing touchdown and then we'll have like a miscue and i and i take a lot of credit for that um just as far as like i mean what could i do better how much more time could i be putting in so that's why i think we need i mean in my regard he's talking about like teamwork like i could be a lot better for him because i know like I, I always say i can't imagine how hard it is to be the quarterback and he's and to our eyes, he's amazing and he's so hard on himself so uh, i just feel like I, I could be better for him and i and i will Okay, I could be better for him, and I will. The last question, they're like, okay, so we're good? Everybody's good here? You're good with Josh? How about you with the Bills? You want to finish your career here? That was actually asked of Stephon Diggs today. Question, if you wanted to be a Buffalo Bills, is that also outlandish? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, the year before that, I told you I wanted to retire a Buffalo Bill, and like, I mean, it's more interesting to see how people run with a story, you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of unfortunate a little bit in my eyes because, like, damn, like, you know what I'm saying? I had a the utmost love and appreciation for everybody involved, but you kind of start seeing people with true colors when, like, uh, you, they might hear something or, like, I might not clarify. But I don't speak on anything I don't want to speak on. Uh, I feel like uh, at the end of the day, I'm a... I'm entitled to speak on what I want to. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an adult. You know what I'm saying like, um, even like with my kids, like I feel like you know at one point you'll say I don't have to explain myself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, but for the people that support me and the people that love me, I'm, I'm always have the utmost appreciation for. But, you know, kind of like in the smear campaign is, it's never winning with me. You know what I'm saying I would. You still want to read the Tiger Buffalo Bell? A hundred percent, sir. If that's, oh, sorry, I didn't answer your that's question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For the Bills to win it all this year, that that relationship has got to be rock solid. And as of now, all smiles. And I would assume that's what it will be in the fall. These are the questions I wanted answered. At the time, the coach saying I'm very concerned caused me to – that's an out – you don't hear that. Coaches normally tamp it down, put it to bed. Him saying, yeah, I'm concerned. So – Wants to be a bill for life. I'm going to be better for Josh. Things happen. Love him. Alan's like, yeah, okay, we're yeah, we're talking, but we're talking about the fall. Week one. ESPN is going to have a camera on Stephon Diggs the entire game, and the Jets are going to put Sauce Gardner on him. And Josh Allen is going to step on that field, and he's going to take the Buffalo Bills into. 
New Jersey and needing to do to the Jets what they did to the Rams last year, which is the building is electric, electric, filled with happy campers in the stands celebrating. Now, the Rams are celebrating a banner and a ring. Jets are celebrating a new lease that has not been around in a long time. And hopefully for the Bills, they've got Von Miller at their disposal because he is a Hall of Fame game wrecker, a professional game wrecker. And that will be the one individual more than Diggs and Allen that can neutralize Rodgers, obviously. And the Jets are going to be hyped in the locker room and hyped by the media. And the Bills will be sick and friggin' tired of it. In the same way you heard Mahomes on the Netflix documentary say, you know what, I think we match up better with the Bills, but I want the Bengals because they're doing a lot of talking. When he was asked by Mm -hmm. a member of his family, I think, who do you want in the AFC championship game? And he's like, Bengals, because they're doing a lot of talking. I think the Bills are going to be thinking the Jets are doing a lot of talking, even though they're not really. It's just the media doing a lot of talking about them after the media had their names, Diggs and Allen, in their mouths. We did on this show. I am one of them. But I'm, I will defend my interest in the subject matter when the coach says, I'm very concerned. And the last we saw of these two players was what we saw on the field or on the sideline in the western New York snow with the season falling completely now to shambles that started looking so great in Los Angeles by punking the Rams in the night they they raised their banner. And then we didn't see much between these two guys at all until the minicamp and... We saw what happened. So I will defend my interest in the subject matter. But all of that, what we heard today, there will still be a camera trained on Diggs on that Monday night. And they're going to come in really, really excited to tell Jets fans what time it is. And it's still their time in the AFC East. And Rodgers and the Jets will be really eager to show the Bills and the rest of the league that are already finished up the first week of the season. That it's their time now. Holy cow. Is that a huge week one finale? I can't wait. It's going to be lit. And it's going to be so, so intense. And we'll see it all play out. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. But for the moment, I will turn the page. I will, I've, I've, I've heard what I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. They say the page is turned. And that's that. And I would, as Joe Banner said in hour number two, counsel anybody who thinks that the Bills are suddenly beatable in a way that they haven't been the last couple of years, I'd, I'd push back on that notion. I am genuinely concerned that the Jets are all set up and there's not the Patriots sitting at the top. Brady's finally gone, but the Bills are there. And if Diggs and Allen are cool and everyone else is healthy, I, feel, I still think they're the team to beat in the AFC East. Take a break. Tim McGraw, everybody. Yeah. In studio. And still to come as well. Somebody got a new tattoo arm sleeve. And somebody has a new mustache in the NFL. (laughs) And what you're about to see, you will not unsee. (laughs) But before that, Tim McGraw. In studio. That's next. Let's talk sleep number, people. Because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed This is what I love about fandom, football fandom. You're a sweet person. You are known generally as just a sweet, nice person who likes meeting people and just likes human life. Yes. You love making people's lives better through either your music or your words or your essence. I understand it. But when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, Mm. to hell with everybody else. Exactly. That's the did way I it say, is. Did I say it right? That, I know. That works. By yeah. the way, I don't mean to tell you, like, you know, an all-time great lyricist how to, how to, how to speak or oh, talk no, or, no, no. or communicate. But no, I mean, but I'm the one that I will wear the, I have a Kansas City Chiefs guitar strap, and when I play Oakland or Denver or Boston, I will wear, <laughs> I will come out, and I will start, believe me, there's not, my, my audience I will like love, it. especially in New England, my audience will love me, love me, they're cheering, and I'll go, and I'll see you in the playoffs, and then it's all of a sudden booze, it's horrible, <laughs> it's just, it will ruin a show. My wife says, don't talk football, it's, I can't help it. But you gotta do it, I, I mean, you got the it. passion for yes. it. So who was your chief growing up? Who was your, who oh. was the person that you're like, okay, this is making me fall in love with football? Oh, well, it was my father. Okay. And it was, you know, it, it was Lenny Dawson and Hank Stram and the That's 1969-1970 Chiefs. I watched the Super Bowl. I saw my hometown and everyone go crazy. And it just, it, it. of course, it was the last time we were in the Super Bowl. But, you know, you since then, every year, you're like, we could do that again. I mean, it never goes away. That never goes away. I know. You know the draft is coming in a couple of years, too, to Kansas City. I don't know if you're know, aware of that. I'm really excited. I was so excited because it's such a, Kansas City's a beautiful city. That whole area is mm-hmm is they love their chiefs they are chiefs they yes. they are it's a beautiful city that's grown and has so much to offer and i love that they've got that and people can actually see them Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, part of the live stream right here on Roku. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. An honor to have here in the Rich Eisen Show studio here in Los Angeles, California, someone who I have not seen since the draft in Nashville. His new album, Standing Room Only, will be available wherever on August 25th. The Grammy Award winning recording artist, the great Tim McGraw here. <laughs> on the show. Great to see you, Tim. Great to see you, man, always. I have not seen you since the draft in Nashville, Tennessee. I know, Tennessee. what a fun time that was. Let me tell you something. Yeah. You know how uh, Super Bowls are mm-hmm. in rotations for cities? Yeah. The draft should be in a rotation for Nashville. That was unbelievable. It was crazy how many people were there. I mean, it blew my mind, the people that showed up. Nashville always right. shows up for, for big events. And, right. And they blew it out of the water. I mean, it was it was one of the most special events I've ever played. And of course, I'm a football nut too. So to be right. able to be involved in all of that, and and to be involved in bringing it to the city, um, it was it was really one of those those things that uh, I'll always remember as a highlight of my career. Yeah, I remember. You know, we're seeing a photograph of you performing. Um, this was after the Friday night, right? The second I night of think the draft. So, the okay. second night of the draft. Uh, but you, you know, the commissioner, I do believe, brought you out. He did with yeah. Eddie George, right, to Eddie. start the whole and that shooting was match. Pretty cool, pretty cool. <laughs> And then uh, uh, 
I'm drawing a blank. Coach came out. Yeah, and Vrabel. Went through, and we threw footballs. No, the, the Saints coach. Oh, the Saints coach, yeah, Sean Payton? Sean Payton, Payton came out. Okay. And we threw some footballs in the crowd. I think I went pretty deep on one of them. But, I, I, but just the fact that they, re, they made Lower Broadway mm-hmm. into a draft hall where you could just sit there, watch proceedings, and then go into some of the best establishments yes. in the United States of America for food and drink and revelry. And, and good then, music. And good music, yeah. right, obviously. Uh, uh, they have to bring it back. They I have agree. to constantly I, bring I it back. I felt like uh, Nashville set the bar a little higher for the, for those things. Yeah. How often do you perform in any of those spots in Nashville, Tim? Or <laughs> Not used very to? often. I used okay. to. When um, I started my career down on Lower Broadway in Printer's Alley at a place called Skull's Rainbow Room. Mm-hmm. And that's I was the house band there for for a while. Okay. When I first Let's, moved to town. Now, yeah. walk me through that. Yeah, you I mean, part of the house band. Well, you, I, was, I was the front guy. Okay. For the band and and uh, yeah, a really good band at the time. In fact, one of the couple of the guys that played in that band played with me for years. Mm-hmm. In fact, one guy's been with me thirty-one years now. That that started out playing with me there. That's cool. Yeah. And so you would just I would just play, play every night. Um, gosh, almost probably seven nights a week. Sometimes mm-hmm. six nights a week play. And uh, it was back there, and it was a little seedier than it is now. <laughs> there, there was. Skull's Rainbow Room, and right next to the Skull's Rainbow Room was the Pink Poodle, which was, you can imagine what kind of establishment that was. <laughs> well, that's a dog rescue, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and look, I won't go into detail, but the, the good thing about it was the dressing room yeah. that had connecting doors to the, <laughs> to the Pink Poodle. <laughs> Fantastic. That was fun times. You've back come then. a long way, yeah. Tim. You've come a long way. So, what was your big break? When did you get your big break i i made a demo i'd never been in the studio before and actually the uh, rest of soul the guy who played steel guitar in the band there the house band there mm-hmm. took me into the studio and i recorded three songs mm-hmm. and um i went to curb records mike curb no mike, mike curb well mike curb owned curb records but mm-hmm. mike borchetta mm-hmm. who oddly enough is the father of scott borchetta who's runs my label now mm-hmm. that i'm on a big machine but uh, I went to his office and I kept trying to get in the door, kept trying to get in the door, kept trying to call and mm-hmm. couldn't get a meeting. So I just showed up one day and walked into his office and he goes, Tim, I got to go. I don't have time. I said, well, just listen to one song. Just listen to one song. This was in, gosh, I want to say early 91. Okay. Or spring of 91. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Nashville in 89 and uh, walked in the door. I said, well, if you'll listen to one song, then I'll get out of your hair and leave you alone. And he listened to one song, and by the end of the song, he says, you got a record deal. Come on. Yeah. And so a couple months later, signed a record deal, and then went to the studio and started recording my first album, which I always say went wood. It didn't, didn't do very <laughs> well. And well, wood. I had one top 40 song <laughs> off of it. Sure. But it was enough to get me going. Uh-huh. And then uh, after it didn't do anything that much, the uh, label sort of forgot about me. So I started collecting songs and collecting songs and collecting songs, and Met Byron Gallimore, who's my producer now, and been my producer forever after those first three sides. And um, I started gathering songs and didn't play them for anybody, didn't play them for management. And then I didn't let the the label know. And we rented a studio and went in and started recording the album without letting the label know about it. And then we finally finished the album and turned it in. And they like, we didn't give you permission to record this album. Right. And then they heard the album. It was Not a Moment Too Soon, which was my first big record. Yes. And... Uh, after they heard the album, they go, all right, let's go. Let's go set it all up. Well, what a great, I guess, way to, what a great message, I guess. It is just like, do well, it, right? If not you, but the thing I tell everyone here is that if not you, who? And if not now, when? Just go Right. I mean, it. part of it is just having the cojones just to, <laughs> to go give it a shot. Right. You know? Sure. And try, because there's tons of, I mean, there's way better talented, more talented people than I am out there. But you got to, you know, it's like I always sort of look at it as like jumping off the cliff at night and you don't know what's below you, mm-hmm. but you have to jump. Right. Yeah. And you got to so and and get in the water and, and then obviously uh, swim. Well, you sink or swim at that point. I yeah. know, right? Yeah. And now you got your new album, Standing Room Only, available everywhere on August 25th, your 17th studio album with 13 brand new tracks. And um, what uh, inspired you to, to do this one? Yeah, you know, um, it's been three years since I released an album. The first one, the last one, mm-hmm. um, came out 
right in the middle of COVID. So I had a lot of time on my hands to start collecting music and writing music and mm-hmm. start to figure out what I wanted to say on my record and spent the last three years working on it and mm-hmm. recording and making it and just trying to find songs that in a lot of ways reflected what everybody was going through at that time and then reflected us getting our feet back under us, you know? So most of it's about life affirmation and about how you live your life and, right. and, and the important things in life and important things that matter. I mean, there's some fun stuff on there as well, but even the up-tempo fun songs have a good message to them mm-hmm. as well. And, and for me, it's always about the song. Songs are the things that matter. I mean, you can sing the phone book, but if you don't have a good song, you don't have anything. So what's your process? Does it just uh, come in the shower, behind the wheel of a car? Yeah, what is all, it? I mean, what all is it? above. You know, uh-huh. what I end up doing is I write a lot, but a lot of my stuff doesn't make the albums because what I have is I have these ideas of the themes and the kind of music that I want to record for my next project. So I start writing songs and I'll finish a couple of things. And I'll think, well, that's a pretty good song. And then sure enough, I'll get a song from a songwriter that says what I was trying to say in a lot better way. Right. So I end up kick, it ends up kicking mine off the record and I end up right. recording theirs. But I've got so many great songwriter friends and I listen to songs all the time. I mean, I'm always collecting songs. I, gosh, I'll probably listen to two or three new songs a day. Who always. Do you, who do you like listening to right now, Tim? Oh gosh. I, you know, when I listen to, I don't listen to music a whole lot except for new stuff when okay. I'm working on it. But, uh, I'm I'm a '70s freak, '80s freak. You know, I love the Eagles. Okay. You know, Phil Collins. Always, always go back to Merle Haggard, Keith Whitley, George okay. Strait. But um, you know. But you're naming rock and roll. You're not naming just country. Not music. just country. I grew up. I'm influenced by everything. Everything that I grew up listening to, I'm influenced by. And then I learn from new artists all the time as well. I mean, I, I, you know, I make a point most of the time. If we're playing a big fair or festival. Yeah. And there's a lot of acts on. I try to get out and stand outside of the stage and watch and. You always pick up something from somebody. Yeah, no pressure if anybody's looking over and seeing Tim McGraw. <laughs> check him out. I don't think I give him any pressure. No, 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 come no. on now. That, that, no, I, I can only imagine. When you said 70s music, are you also listening to Yacht Rock? I love saying? Yacht Rock. That's probably my favorite station. I get I get so okay. much crap from, from my friends and my kids when I tell them that I listen to Yacht Rock. They said, I, never, I didn't peg you for a Yacht Rock guy. I'm a sucker for it. And I know every word to every song on Me the too. Yacht Rock channel. Me too. And I sing it at the top of my lungs to the point where the kids are going, Dad, that's enough. <laughs> What's your Yacht Rock song then? Oh, my gosh. I'll tell you mine. Tell me. Brandy. Oh, Brandy, you're a fine girl. What a good wife. What a wife. good wife you would be. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I, uh, gosh, I could. That's my, that's my go-to. Uh, it's Brandy. Michael yeah. Bolton, you know. Okay. I love Michael Bolton. Okay, when sure. he comes on. Okay. Uh, uh, you ripped the gosh, knob off. Journey. Okay. Journey's top notch. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I can go on and on about that. Okay. I mean, come on. And then you were with, if I'm not mistaken, Richard Marks here in Los Angeles. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine. On Monday night, mm-hmm. you just show up with a sneak preview concert Monday night at the Whiskey Nightclub on the yeah. Sunset Strip. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was a blast. I mean. Look. And he came, came up and sang with me and uh, we sang uh, Don't Mean Nothing, which was his first hit. Okay. And when I think he was 21, 22 when he had that record. Out and he still looks twenty one. He does. Well, I mean, you guys have the fountain of youth, both of you but guys. He's a he's a great guy. He's one of my favorite people in the business. Okay, I was wondering why it was the big traffic jam just down the street from me well, on Sunset. He's on Yacht Rock a lot too. Oh, <laughs> he is indeed. He's the man. Uh, Tim McGraw here on the Rich Eisen Show at the Tim McGraw on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then, so you got your shows coming up. You're heading out to. Wyoming later mm-hmm. on this uh, this very week. This as week, a matter yeah, fact. playing the Cheyenne Frontiers Day Rodeo. Frontiers Day Rodeo. Okay. Yeah, it's one of my favorite places to play. I love rodeos. I grew up. I rode high school rodeo for three years. What'd you do? Uh, bareback and team roping. Okay, a few bulls. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. Back in the day, in between football, baseball, and basketball, I was doing high school rodeo. All right, I'm, I'll bite at that one now, uh, and then we'll return to your dates. Um, so, football, mm-hmm. high school? Is that what you played? High school, yeah. Okay, what'd, yeah. You, what'd you play? I was a wide receiver, defensive back, and ran all the kickoffs and punts back. Okay. So, I never came off the field. So, you didn't? You yeah. were, you were a, you're a four-down player, yeah, five-down four down player? player all, every, okay. every play, and and I was, when I graduated high school, I was like a buck 40 and five nine. So, I grew three inches okay. after high school, and I was like, damn. Where was that when I needed it? <laughs> Did you have any designs on maybe continuing yeah, I mean, to play I thought, a little? I, thought I might play. I, I knew football was out of the question because I was so small, but right. But I was a pretty good player, and basketball was probably my, my best sport. 
you know, I was a pretty good basketball player, but still short. But I could dunk in high school at 5'9". Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I, I can still, well, probably not now because of my knees are bad, but up until about a year ago, I could still grab the rim. Get but, out of here. Yeah, so I don't okay. I don't think I have those hops anymore. Give me Tim, Tim McGraw's best night on the hardwood. Give me your... your... 54 points. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my best game. And I had the flu. Like Jordan. Yeah, I had the flu. And... <laughs> I would, I would I remember one time I had to run straight. I did a layup and run straight through the back doors and went and threw up outside and come right back in and kept playing and never even stopped the game. <laughs> Wait a minute. But I thought, I, and you know, anybody that's ever played when you've been sick, you feel like you're doing nothing right. right. And a couple of times I went over to the coach and said, you, know, you need to take me out. I just think I'm hurting the team. And by the end of the game, I thought maybe I'd score 10 or 12 points. And then I looked at the book, and I was like, oh, okay, well, wasn't too bad. 54, <laughs> yeah, and you it. didn't even and realize that, it? And that was before th- three-pointers. And we didn't have three-pointers. And, and But it wouldn't have done me any good because I was a terrible outside shot. Okay. Anyway, I was a point guard, but I was a terrible outside shot. So you shot. drove the lane. You were a matcher. You're, yeah. Okay, you, yeah. you, were, you, you, you had quick first step. Yeah, You had that some quick, pick yeah. and roll game. You were tough to defend. Yeah, yeah. Mid-range maybe, mid-range yeah. jumper. Mid-range jumpers, if I could. But most of the time, everybody's so tall, I had to. Fake a mid-range jumper and cut, scoop it underneath. Okay. Wow, 54 yeah. points. That was my best game. Yeah. Tim McGraw. I know. How about that? Okay, yeah. very good. They uh, weren't all that good, but <laughs> no, hey, but you, at least you have that. Well, um, my average was 27 my senior year. Okay, so who, who have you? Let's just, if you don't mind, drop a name yeah. or two. Uh, NFL players that are fans of yours that you've had at concerts. Oh and my gosh! That you know oh. these guys. Mm. They know you. You know well, them. Brett and I have been friends for years. Far, we talking about? Yeah, okay. far. We've okay. been friends for years since, gosh, thirty years. Okay. Yeah. So. What about Peyton? Peyton what about I, Mr. Tennessee yeah, himself? Peyton, I've hung out with quite a bit. He, I, we actually did a show at the uh, oh, Tipitina's in New Orleans one night, an after-concert sort, sort of, we called them bread and mortar shows. We'd, we'll play a club after a concert sometimes. Okay. And he showed up, and it was right when he first signed his huge bonus, I think, with Indy. Okay. And uh, we have this tip jar, so we will, any request we would play, and if we play it badly, mm-hmm. we won't stop playing it unless you tip us again. So he was asking for a song, and he wanted to give me a tip. And he, he gave me a $100 bill, and I brought him on stage, and I said, dude, I saw what your contract is. I saw what you just signed, and all this goes to charity, and you're going you're gonna to give me $100. <laughs> so I think he ended up writing me a $10,000 check. On his spot? He put it in and there? He put it in there. Yeah. He's I good should have played it badly, so he would pay me another 10 to That's stop. That's funny. Man, that is funny. And so I guess which player or athlete that you've met um, ha- has the chops to maybe do what you do. Oh music, my gosh, music hmm. that you've come across. I, I don't. I, don't I can't think of anybody right okay. off the bat. You know, well, Mike Reed. Okay, of course, who had a, a big country career, and sure. a great songwriter. He's written some, a couple of songs for. He wrote everywhere for me. So he's okay. So he's you know, fantastic artist. Okay. Yeah. What do you think of the Titans right now? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I mean. That's a good one. We, we've got we've got some stuff, you know. I, should, I think it's just staying healthy and putting it all together. Derrick Henry is a Hall of Famer, oh, I believe. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's a beast. He is. Can you imagine being a defensive back no. and, and him coming at you? No. I, mean, I think I would just I would get out of the way. It's called what Deion Sanders taught me a long time ago. It's called a business decision. Yeah, absolutely. He's, if Derrick Henry's coming at you, you need to make a business decision. <laughs> and usually, I'm going to keep playing no matter what. So, right. Yeah. And he's definitely, you know, um, he, he's he's awesome. Yeah. And Tannehill's coming back, and yeah. now DeAndre Hopkins is in their house there. Yeah, so. That's going to be fun to watch. It will be. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. We'll see. You we'll know, see. We'll see. It's we'll an see. interesting way of putting that. Yeah. Um, and and it, so, um, but I love them, and, I, and I'm rooting for them. For yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah. I, I I mean, and and they, I, I love the coach. I love. Yeah, you know, Rabel's a great guy. Yeah. Have you met him? Oh yeah, absolutely. You met you met yeah. you met everybody. Yeah, well, I, I try to. You know, okay. It's, I'm, I'm such a huge fan. I, I, I fan geek out every now and then when I meet some of these guys. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so you are uh, going to Cheyenne, Wyoming, and then North Lawrence, Ohio. Uh, if we're going to Canada, Springfield, Illinois, back to Canada again, and then you'll be on Good Morning America, the concert, summer concert series in New York City. Go to timmcgraw.com for more dates, and um, you just keep on crushing it, man. Yeah, we're we're having fun. You know, 
start our big tour next year and first time in arenas in a long time so we're looking forward to that with a huge production okay so i'm pretty excited about that standing we room only coming up yeah. having standing room only yeah standing room only is the name of the tour we'll Fantastic. Have, uh, have carly pierce out opening for us so i'm a big fan of okay and then in the, uh, the song uh on your album letters from heaven you talk about putting hot sauce on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> did you really do that no okay tried that. <laughs> it just sounded good <laughs> it's one of those things yeah okay it just sounded good it sounded I, like a good line i just had to ask if you actually did something like that um no i haven't okay. but, I'm, but i'm from louisiana so i'll put hot sauce on everything and you so do it's not above me to try it unfortunately i go in the opposite direction now, you don't like the hot stuff can't oh come on like, I, I that, you know that pod that that uh that show on, oh, uh, yes. on youtube where they make people eat hot stuff i want to do that I'm sure they would be welcome to have you, but you could probably do that standing on your head. No, I'd probably be surprised at how far I wouldn't get. Really? As much as I like hot stuff, it, it probably I'll probably embarrass myself. I would be hospitalized. <laughs> like two wings in, I would be hospitalized. But that, the hot sauce is good for you, though. It's good for your blood. What do you mean? It's good for your circulation. Just to keep your heartbeat yeah, going? Yeah. What about your mouth being just totally aflame that you can't use it? I have to talk for a living, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, 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 I got to get back in front of a microphone. You I know? have to sing. What do you I am? Wait a minute. You're so nice. Like, hey, bro, I've got multiple Grammy Awards. Uh, again, standing room only, available everywhere on August 25th. Um, you are an anytime guest, man. I'm oh, thank a, you. I, I've told you this before. I'm a huge fan of yours. Uh, likewise. And every, thank you. And everything that you do. And uh, I can't wait to have you back and talk about everything that you do. Yes, I can't wait for that, too. <laughs> I know. So will everybody here. Uh, again, Grammy Award winning recording artist Tim McGraw right here. The new album, Standing Room Only, available everywhere on August 25th, right here on The Rich Eisen Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. All right, we're back here on the program. Fun Ooh. stuff with uh, Tim McGraw, huh? Yeah. I mean, 54 just a, points, Rich? I, by the <laughs> I mean, way, yeah. I, what we did. he didn't even let me finish the sentence. <laughs> no. What's your big, and he wasn't like, let me think. What I do? No, 54 points. He knew exactly what his, his best game was. So to anyone who didn't hear, Tim McGraw just revealed he scored 54 points in a high school game with no three-pointers. More shocking. 54 points in a high school game by Tim McGraw. With no three pointers, or that Tim McGraw loves listening to Yacht Rock Radio. That's <laughs> I would think the fifty four points would still. Come That's in. amazing. I don't know. You can never know how talented somebody is. Like, but you you think Tim McGraw is a Yacht Rock Radio freak? Well, you would figure a musician would appreciate different music. forms of music. I mean, music. that's that's the AM Gold era. But you wouldn't you wouldn't suspect Tim McGraw to go out there and drop fifty four on you. Cutting and, and, right, and that's true. cutting to the hole with no threes, right. no threes. You know? right. And puking, having the flu game like Jordan. Yeah, exactly. Flu game. Tim McGraw's got flu game. They're the bad pizza game. He's like, got mad flu game. Like Mike said, I, I eat all the pizza. I eat the pizza <laughs> exactly. myself. I eat it all. Yeah. Man, I just remember. Remember that, that when the last dance was out, oh, that was, we treated that like it was. It's all we had. That's all we had. That's all we had. But we treated it like it was a major sporting event the mm -hmm. night before. It was so great. Because we, we were at the time where we needed, and we as a collective whole, we yeah. needed something. Well, didn't that ESPN move up the yeah. documentary? Yes. I think two months yeah. they moved it up. Because wow. everyone needed that. And that was, that was, that wow. was it for everyone. Wow. That brought us all together. That should have won a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> Peace Prize? 
We should have won as a studio the Nobel Peace Prize coming. <laughs> By the way, is it weird that I, I told Tim McGraw that he smelled really good? He did. He smells good. We'll find out if he ever returns. <laughs> That's the answer to your question. He freaked him out all. Back here on our program, a fun time with Tim McGraw right there. Oh, well, there's, there's a bunch of stuff, odds and ends, to finish up the program. Oh, oh. First of all, uh, great job uh, doing this sh- show this week by yourself. Mike, because again, uh, again, obviously we're here. We're here. TJ, you're yeah. there. I'm here. You're oh, there. there. I'm here. You're there. I'm here. And Brockman's an empty chair. Because again, normally when Brockman's not here, Susie will sit in that chair. I She's out of him. town. I admit. And and but you are a guy who needs people. You're not. No, you're no, you're no, not no, a good. You're no, not a good no. solo. When I'm home alone, no, I get, I get. I I don't know. I know, like you might, like you, you, you. I talk to myself all day, Rich. I need people. You need people. You you hear me here all the time. I know, and I, I just wanted to give you kudos that you're, you've done a great job having nobody next to you. I mean, during a commercial break, who are you going to jabber at? That's true. Exactly from across the room. I understand that, but you, you you got more. Now, have you gotten more interaction off air from Del Tufo the last three days? Because Chris isn't there. Okay, because here's what you're going to say about Mike. Mike's going to say something whether you're listening to him yeah, or not. Yeah, I don't that's think he listens. He's going to talk. Yeah. So, I've sat next to him on a plane yeah, before. So yeah. whether you're paying attention or not, he is going like, I'm trying to like tweet and do some other things. Do you remember that scene? You know? Remember the, the scenes from Airplane years before where, oh, you, know, you know, the yeah. main character, uh, you know, Stryker is, is sitting there and <laughs> he's, he's telling talking. stories and people start trying to hang themselves or self-immolate, you know. That was me sitting next to Del Tufo on a plane once. <laughs> but you're the guy who doesn't handle it well when, whenever no, you're like checked in by Westwood One and they shine you off. Yeah. No, Brett, my new guys, Brett, Pete, all those guys are amazing. They're, They're great. Really, yeah. Because they, got, you say hello to them every day. No, like you haven't, you haven't seen them in like Peter a Brett, month. Yeah. Those guys are like the okay. best. Okay. You can't handle it when people don't even just do the small talk. Yeah. That's so you've I done a great job by yourself there. So I I'm saying, I'm actually, I just want to give you that, that I'm, kudos. I'm excited for Christy back. I know, and, and and I'm sure it'll be great when he comes back, but I just wanted to at least give Thank you... Thank you, Rich. I've paid attention more, I think. I just wanted to give you Thank your, you uh, uh, your due. Okay. Mike, okay. you keep talking. He's trying to compliment you, and all you did was jibber-jabber over top of him. Except the compliment. I'm sorry. Thank you, TJ. Okay, so there's a there's a, a couple of odds and ends from uh, from the uh, from the old mini camp uh, uh, training camp stuff. Few okay. odds and ends from training camp. First of all, did you see how Tua has shown up to training camp? Oh, jacked. Well, he's shown up with oh, an arm sleeve. Look at that. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you salty tattoo. <laughs> the right arm. His non-throwing arm. We can only hope the arm that he will use to brace himself with his jiu-jitsu falls now. Tua was asked about the uh, becoming tattoo. It's uh, something that falls off a piece that I had earlier this year. Um, It's a piece that represents my first child. Uh, There's a lot of things that go on behind it. A lot of cultural significance. A lot of things that has to do with protection, guidance, sort of things like that that we believe in the Samoan culture. So that's what it is. And then we implemented uh, uh, this piece that I already had with this. So it's almost like when you pray, you take it off. You know, it kind of has the sense of you're taking uh, part of the tribal out out of this side. So that's it. How long does something like that take? Um, This was about three sessions. took took about two and a half days. Two and a half days. Wow. Wow. So I wonder if he did it old school, the old school way that the Polynesian tattoos do is they kind of use a nail. Oh, oh my gosh. I don't know. Two and a half days. Let me just put it this way. Um, I I can't wait to see what this guy does this year. I hope if we get 17 games out of him, 17 starts, what this team will look like with that front seven. And Vic Fangio back as a defensive coordinator. And we're all focused on Jets, Bills. I spent a whole hoo-ha on their first game. And um, Dolphins, look out. They made the playoffs last year, by the way. Tremendous group of receivers. Tatua Tongo Vailoa getting ready to start for the Miami Dolphins week one. Oh, at the Chargers. Oh, baby. 
Tua versus Herbert week one. Two, okay. Two guys who were always going to okay. be linked no, together. Okay, no, Tua taken right you know? before. Herbert's the one with the, the richest contract in the NFL, and Tua's coming in uh, ready to roll. Oh, and here's what Justin Herbert had to say about his uh, uh, his newfound wealth and uh, the team that he's now attached to for quite some time. You know, first off, I'm so thankful to the Chargers organization, uh, the Spanos family, uh, Tom Telesco for believing in me three years ago, and uh, Ed McGuire, Katie Sylvan. Um, you know, words aren't enough to, to express how thankful and how glad I am to be a part of this organization. And I had complete faith in them from the, the get-go. And, uh, you know, I've, I've never wanted to be anywhere else. This is where I've wanted to be for, shoot, as long as I've been born and playing football. So it's a, it's a dream come true. And, um, you know, just really excited to be back out there with the team today. Love it. Only thing that leaps out to me or that whole soundbite is he, he, he said the word organization like he's a Canadian hockey player. <laughs> I don't know what that one came from. Organization. I like it. Whatever he wants to do. He's a grinder. I get it. That's his line shift. Well done. He also didn't offer to buy lunch. How about That's that? The kid, who, the kid, the kid, the kid who wrote down in his what this third grade sheet about his future. I want to be the quarterback of the law, the you know the Chargers, and there he is. Not the Los Angeles Chargers, but the Chargers. There he is. Rich, I have a friend. Richest contract in the NFL. I have a friend who's a, friends with a coach of the Chargers, and yeah. you're not telling any stories, but apparently you, this guy makes me look like someone who goes out all the time because from what I've understood, no, he just he stays at the crib. He works good. on his craft. He's not out in the streets partying. He's like he's fully focused, and oh, it's he, great. he's doing everything he can to be a great quarterback. And so. if he Netflixes and chills, we hope he does it on Roku. <laughs> well, that's obvious. Um Let's do Jordan Love here. Jordan Love got a phone call prior to Packers training camp starting. Uh, we're, we're assuming it was a FaceTime because it came from the old 12. And it was, uh, really? Yes, in those parts. Check it out. Um, Aaron reached out to me last night, and that's exactly what he said. Yeah, he said, just be yourself, have fun, enjoy it. Um, you know, it's obviously not time now, and he just said, you know, be yourself. And I mean, that's all you can do, you know. That's kind of been the message from everybody is, you know, be yourself. Don't try to be anybody else. Don't try to be Aaron, things like that. Just be yourself, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I love it. How about Aaron Rodgers reaching out to Jordan Love that's before he starts cool. his training camp? First class. All class. Love it. Do you think Favre reached out to uh, Rodgers before his first <laughs> Packers training camp from uh, from Jets camp? I mean, I you don't think want, that happened? I don't want to say anything bad I don't about know. 12, but I, I, I don't know. About number four, but I don't think All I know so. is that he's in, Rodgers is in a, a great state of mind. Yeah. Throwing it to Garrett Wilson one practice after another, baby. Well done on that front. Uh, and then one last thing, I just need to warn everybody on Roku. Uh, what you're about to see cannot be unseen. Oh. And I believe it will be seen throughout the season. One thinks that the way it looks right now is the way it's going to be. It will require some maintenance on his part. But Arthur Smith showed up with a porn stash today. <laughs> and <laughs> what are we looks doing? like he's straight out of Van Nuys, oh, California. Um, so there you have it. It's a lifestyle change. It's not for everybody, Arthur Smith said about his new mustache. The guy who had to be told at the coach's picture to tell your face to smile. It's not for everybody. And he's just, well, that's the way he views the, as you know, the coach's photo. It's not for everybody. True. He's got to stand there. It's not about winning. It's not about winning. So why do I got to take a picture with my peers? I'm not smiling. I'm squinting. I'm squinting. He's an angry squinter. He was, Arthur Smith, yeah. as we know. Well, he was but right. there's the, the stash. Right the there's the stash. I can only hope I, he rolly fingers that stash. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's kind of a up. it's kind of a of John Candy planes, trains, and automobiles stash. Oh, is it? That is a good. It's a, color, it's, right? This is a little bit thicker. That's a good call. Oh, I know. I went in another direction. Worked a little blue. But Arthur Smith, let's see how it goes. Let's think, see how it goes. You think this will last the season? A lifestyle change. It better. <laughs> it's got to. It's gone by game the one. The mustache is on the hot seat. <laughs>